Pubster. What's up? I'm Dexter from Pubs. Thank you for joining this podcast, Train Your Dog. Pubs promote positive interaction with animals and pubs, your companion for life. This week, our guest is Suip from Malaysia. She is a professional dog trainer and she will be helping us to look into preparing uh, for a puppy arrival. You can find us on our website www.pups.com.sg Pups as in P-U-P-S and you also can find us at uh, YouTube uh, with the handler of Pups Jamming Studio and also at uh, our own blog where we are at Pups Blog Series. We are also available on Facebook, Instagram and Twitter with the handler of Pups SG which is P-U-P-S S-G. For the, seg- uh, for the segment of the tips for the week in training, uh, this week I would like to focus on objective. Uh, in order to be good in uh, reward-based training, uh, we need to, first of all, learn how to stack our exercise as per objective. Meaning to say that every time we do a single exercise, it has to be step by step. Let's not clutter it, let's not build up the exercise to be too big, and let's start small, one step at a time, I'm sure your dog will get it. This week, our guest is Suip from Malaysia. Suip has been training her own dog for dog sport for 40 years, since she was 15 years old. Now retired from corporate working life, she continued her dog training hobby. She has successfully trained and conditioned puppies for more than 300 families, working with pure breed, mixed breed, and all Malaysian strict dogs. And she's also a obedience and uh, agility judges. Thank you, Sue, for joining us uh, in this uh, series of podcasts. Uh, so today we are talking. We are, uh, we are going to talk about uh, puppy, right? Uh, preparing them for uh, for arrival of a, of a new puppy to our home, right? So uh, yeah. what what do we need to uh, first of all uh, before when we are preparing for the arrival of a puppy, right? What is the uh, necessary things that we should be looking at. Okay, um, I my name is Sue Sue Yap. So I've been uh, uh, having puppies since I was uh, uh, fifteen years old. Okay, so uh, I've uh, seen a lot of uh, puppies and uh, how how and how they grow and all that. So I can give some. Uh, uh, comments and uh, some from my experience. So I'm not an uh, expert, but I can certainly share some of uh, what I've seen. Uh-huh. Okay. Uh, so um, first of all, um, puppy. Uh, puppy are always cute, uh, first of all. <laughs> yeah, puppies yeah, always are cute. always cute. And before we talk about, because today's topic is preparing for the puppy arrival, I think I want to touch a little bit about responsible dog ownership. Okay, uh, when uh, when we get a puppy, a puppy is coming. There are f- four situations that um, that uh, we see a puppy coming into our homes. One is impulse buying. You see the puppy so cute at the shop and immediately you bought the puppy for your girlfriend (laughs) or your children, you know. So that's one. Second one is 
you actually go and adopt from a shelter. Because when you go to the shelter, sometimes you go to shelter, uh, didn't really plan to get a puppy, but then you saw so cute and uh, and uh, uh, you feel that okay, uh, since I I like dogs, I like dogs, no, uh, okay, I I don't want to buy, so I I adopt a puppy. Okay, another situation is you you are uh, walking on the street or uh, driving somewhere and you saw some puppies. On the roadside, and you see, you said you think so pitiful. Oh, I, I must uh, help this puppy. The puppy was in the drain, and then you help the puppy, and then you land up with a puppy coming to the home. Mm -hmm. And then you have a, uh, the fourth category is the best is you actually has planned for it. Plan for it means that you uh, actually research and look at various type of breeds, the character, whether the breed is suitable for the family. If you're buying, if you're getting a dog, a puppy from, uh, for the family, okay, then uh, you, uh, you need to plan for it or you are getting a, a puppy uh, then to grow up to become a family guard dog or something like that, then you plan for it. So, um, you, you, that, is, uh, that is the best, okay. But irrespective of which category that landed the puppy in your home, we need to understand that if you bring the puppy to your home, you're responsible for the puppy until it grows up and until it closes its eyes. I think we, we, we need to understand that and it's not just uh, a toy that you can uh, switch on and switch off. I think mm. this is something that we we need to admit it and not and and uh, not think too lightly about it. That is a responsibility to own a dog. Mm. Okay, so irrespective oh, yeah. that uh, <laughs> irrespective that uh, whichever category you come from, of course it is not too late. It is not too late to now think. Uh, okay, now uh, the puppy is here. Uh, uh, I have not prepared, I'm not prepared, I may be prepared, but I'm not prepared, so let's get on to, let's see what are the things that we need to do uh, to prepare the puppy to come. Okay? Mm. Right, so to me, when you have a puppy coming into, into the, the home, uh, the first thing is not so much as preparing for the puppy arrival, the puppy itself, but preparing for the, 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 the family, members and yourself uh, mental state to uh, to accept this puppy because there's going to be a lot of work. So I call this stage uh, as uh, still a puppy management stage, which means that now, okay, now you have a puppy already here. You haven't really prepared anything about it, but now you need to sit down with the family and say, who is going to be the one who is going to help to manage the puppy because in the family you have uh, 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 the parents going to work you have the children going to school you know so these are the considerations that you have to think about unless you are a loner you know you're alone and uh, you can do everything yourself you don't you are not you don't have family you don't have kids and all that is but you still have to if that happens you also need to think about what is the time uh, that you need to spend with the puppy and what is the time that 
what you're gonna do with the puppy. Okay, so these are the these are this is the the, the first consideration. Hmm. Uh, so after you have a meeting with the family members or with yourself or with your girlfriend or your boyfriend, you know, uh, think uh, what to do uh, with the puppy. Then you have to think about what are the needs of the puppy. Okay, the need, so. Uh, if you are uh, if you are adopting from the shelter or, or uh, adopting from the street, you know, or impulse buying uh, that you have uh, you're not didn't really plan properly, then you need to take the, the puppy for a vet check because we don't know what uh, what is the situation with the puppy even though you buy it from unless you buy from the breeder who can tell you a lot of things about the puppy situation then you need to take to the vet i mean i would recommend to take to the for a vet check to make sure that the puppy is healthy and of course we uh, we have this uh, vaccination you know that the, the you need to give the puppy and the vet will advise you what are the uh, the different uh, vaccination shots uh, and all that. So I won't touch too much about that one. I leave the vet to tell you what are the correct uh, vaccination uh, for the puppy. But uh, vaccination for the puppy, in my opinion, is compulsory to prevent uh, all kinds of diseases or sickness that the puppy can get or would have already got while being, uh, um, uh, uh, let's say it was from the shelter or even from the streets. You know? Okay, uh, so after the, the next thing you need to consider is where do you want to put the puppy uh, for sleep, for play, whether you want to, uh, is the puppy going to sleep with you in your bedroom or are you going to have a special uh, room for the puppy uh, or uh, you are going to leave it outside uh, your how if you're if you're a landed property you have uh, some small space are you going to leave it outside so these are the considerations um, that uh, you have to think about uh, there is no hard and fast rule how you should leave the puppy or where you should leave the puppy is really up to you so that's why it's called puppy management uh, you uh, a lot of people uh, I know of leave the puppy in the toilet because the the toilet is uh, quite uh, cool most of the time and uh, uh, the puppy can uh, if he needs to uh, do the toilet because puppy toileting uh, can be quite uh, many times so uh, the uh, toilet you, you can leave in the toilet is also a good idea uh, but when the puppy is um, awake uh, if you have time to play with the puppy is okay if you have no time to play a puppy then I would recommend a cage so that uh, or a cage so that you can uh, leave the puppy inside and teach the puppy to enjoy to like its cage because uh, uh, dogs uh, in general like to be in, uh, like just like the wolves, they like to be in a sheltered uh, place. They, they would feel safe, okay? 
Um, so, so, so where it's going to stay is important. Uh, it is because of the irregular toilet uh, uh, habits, no? so that's why it's uh, not recommended yet to live in your bedroom, you know, unless you, you don't mind doing all the cleaning and, and all that to uh, with, with the puppy when it do, does accidents. So you do recommend crate training for a puppy? Yes, I do recommend because uh, I consider that as a natural thing for the puppy because the puppy needs uh, is away from the from the mother you know mm -hmm. it's still young because it's still young and uh, it's most likely scared you know so uh, if you put it in a, in a crate you know uh, he will slowly enjoy that that is the best place to be and slowly he will he will enjoy being inside the crate if the family really have 24 hours time to be with the puppy, of course, you don't, you, some people say, oh, I don't like to cage my dog. Uh, <laughs> I do, I do get this comment, you know, when I, when I mention about caging the puppy, they say, oh, I don't like to cage my dog. It's, it's not about don't like to cage, it's about managing the puppy. It's just that uh, people will have small young kids. You know, if the kids, uh, if the young young kids, uh, a child, uh, if they are unsupervised, you know, what will happen to the unsupervised child? You see, so it's a, to me, it's like the same thing. You know, so the 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 cage is uh, is helping the puppy to to adjust, you know, to adjust. And uh, usually, I recommend also to put your your clothing, your old clothing, you know, uh, as part of the a rag or to, to act as a rag or, or something inside the crate uh, so that the puppy learn to accept the smell, your smell, as it slowly grows so you will feel comfort uh, because you're going to spend a lot of time with the puppy so the puppy will, uh, will bond with you so uh, you can leave your, your scented <laughs> clothes, you know, uh, with the puppy, of course, later you, you it's either you wash the clothes or you throw it away, but you can leave the scented clothes, uh, your own scented clothes inside inside the crate. This podcast is sponsored by Pups Dog Training. Pups is a positive dog training school. We train dogs from puppy to advance. Pups Training currently focuses on nurturing, training, educating, and motivating our trainers to better equip themselves with skills, knowledge, experience to ensure continuing education and keeping abreast with the field of dog training. Our flagship programs include online cyber puppy training, life skills, dog obedience, behavioral modification, private one-on-one home-based training, and dog spots.
Okay, so um, so we talk about where a puppy going to stay and all that. Then, then we then we need to uh, talk about uh, if if you yeah we need to talk about if you want to leave your dog outside. Now leaving the dog outside the house, if you have a landed property, you need to still to 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 give it a space. Uh, either you build a big uh, bigger. A kennel that you can put your dog inside, a huge one, or a sheltered place space. It could be uh, three or four meters space, uh, but sheltered. Then you can leave the puppy there. Uh, if not, it's going to uh, upset your whole garden. All the tree, all the flowers, everything will be destroyed <laughs> by your puppy. <laughs> and and some puppies, you know, are so active. They even learn to climb. They can even climb over to your neighbor's place. I know of some puppies who are very good at climbing. Somehow, even though you have fenced it, if the fencing is not strong enough, they can even learn to climb. You know, climb and go over the neighbor's place, or or get out of their uh, leave, leave uh, escape, so-called escape. Because puppies do not know where, although you 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 brought the puppy home, the puppy do not know that, uh, does not know that uh, this is the home and this is the place that he feels safe. So so puppies who are very unsure and not so confident yet, you know, they will think that they need to escape. So so the, there will be problems, you know. So. Even if you plan to put your your puppy uh, your, as it grows into adult, that you're going to leave it out in the garden, you still need a confined space so that he learns to accept that small space first before you give him a big space. That's my recommendation for for trying to put the puppy in the outside. I have one question, right? For for you to put your puppy outside. Uh, yeah. wouldn't, wouldn't that resulted in a puppy crying, uh, crying at night uh, when they are all yeah. left alone outside your yard? I mean, how do yeah, we go about, uh, you know, mitigating such uh, possible constraint? Yes. Even if you live inside your bathroom, you also will cry. So that's why it has to be. <laughs> yeah, if you're in a bathroom, you will still cry. Let's say you, are, you, are, you live in an apartment. And you uh -huh. leave your puppy in it, it will still cry. So uh, one way, there are a few ways to do this. One way is first, uh, you need to um, confine the space. So that's why even though it is, uh, the, if the bathroom is very small, it's okay. Uh, if you're a small, small, dog, small puppy, uh, if you're living out in the garden, you still have to give you a kennel. Just now I said don't give it a don't leave it the space yet. Leave the kennel space the kennel the cage the crate inside the space that you have prepared for your puppy to live. Like I said, then slowly slowly open up the space. So it's still got to be a space. And before you put the puppy in in the in the cage and all that for uh, for the night, you know, you need to make your puppy tired means that uh, you do all the feeding, uh, you do the toileting, playing and all these things, you know, and then then only you put your puppy in the cage. And then you have to sacrifice. 
puppies will only sleep for two, three hours. So you need to sacrifice two, three hours before he he even want to cry. You have to take the puppy out and then do the toilet, uh, uh, play with it and then put the puppy back. I mean, this is what I do. This is what I do for my new puppy arrival. You know, uh, I sacrifice uh, my sleep <laughs> at least for the first at least for the, uh, I noticed that if I do it for three to five days, I usually what I do, you know, I when I have a new puppy coming to my home, you know, I will take leave from my office work for five days. Mm. I usually don't mm. take leave from work, you know, but I from work I take I plan it so I take five days leave. So this five day leave, the five days leave is the days that I manage the puppy, and I make the puppy uh, confident and relaxed uh, and born with the puppy, then they mm. will not cry in the cage. Mm. This, this, this is how I do it, you know. So uh, you have to make some, like I said, responsible dog ownership. So you have to take responsibility to try to prevent, to prevent the crying. There are some puppies who will cry a lot because they are very insecure. They're not confident. But there are puppies who don't care. They just eat and sleep. You know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, really. <laughs> eat and sleep. But those that cry are usually quite insecure. And because they are insecure, a lot of people think that, oh, because they cry, so we'll take it into the bedroom. But that is a mistake. Because when you cry and you take it to the bedroom, then next time, if you leave it out again, it will always cry. Because it it accept uh, it wants to be inside your bedroom, <laughs> you know what I mean. So so yeah. you you have to you have to be strong minded. You have to you have to strong minded and know your objective. Okay, I want it to be outside. So you have you do it outside, but you make the space small first, and then slowly make it bigger, bigger. And you have to sacrifice. You have to every two to three hours. From the beginning, from the day one, the puppy come back, come home with you until day five. Uh, these five days, you have to, you have to make sacrifices, and then it will develop because they learn very fast. So it will, it will happen. Mm. Okay. Uh, then what is the next thing I want to talk about? Okay, the uh, uh, management. We will talk about more of this as we as we go to the next chapter, puppyhood do's and don'ts in the next chapter. Okay, but uh, I want to complete these general things first. What you need to do to prepare for the puppy. Then the next thing is about feeding. Now, what do you want to feed your puppy? Uh, there are a lot, a lot of uh, dog food outside. And uh, I don't want to be uh, promoting any brand of dog food. Uh, but the most important is, uh, in my opinion, you know, I just, I tell you what I feed so that um, you can consider it, okay? Uh, I have been feeding bath diet to my dogs for the past uh, 20 years now. Bath is uh, biologically appropriate raw food okay so 
you can Google and read about it. We, there's not not uh, not not much time and context to discuss about this here. Uh, but I just tell you that when I feed bath, there are a few reasons why I feed bath. I feed bath is number one. The pool is very small and less compared to if you feed a commercial dry food or you cooked or cooked food. Uh, because um, the, uh, the 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 stomach of the stomach juices of the uh, dog can absorb the nutrients more, and so the when pull out is only very little, and you don't need to eat so much. So the 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 toilet are pretty much controlled. So that's the that's the main reason why I I feed bath. Okay. If you buy a commercial uh, food, like I said, there are so many brands. So uh, uh, you, the way to decide on which brand, I suppose, is to look at the protein content. Okay. So as a pup, uh, for puppies, you would tend to want to give more protein content to the puppy so that it grows faster. Uh, I. Uh, in my opinion, puppies should be fed more than uh, what we think that they need. You no, know? means that so that they grow fast, they, they become chubby. You know, no point, uh, no need to go on diet. <laughs> For me, puppies, I, I like my puppies to be chubby, so I tend to give uh, more food. So uh, last time before I I feed bath, I give a lot of food. So they poo a lot and very, very smelly. So that's why I switched. When I switched to bath, I noticed that really the poo is very less, you know, and not smelly. And it's easy to pick. So that, that's, that's the main thing on it. Then there's another thing about cooking, cooking food. Okay. Uh, you can cook food for your, your puppy if you, if you have the time and all that. So, uh, uh, a lot of people like to put a lot of rice in the in the in cooking for the puppy, you know, uh, because they think that the puppy is also like a human, like to eat rice. <laughs> so so uh, if you want to put rice, then you put. Uh, I use uh, brown rice. I use then brown rice, and uh, uh, sometimes I also cook for my dogs, you know, because uh, I recently I I could get some wild boar meat. Because I know some friends who have like who are licensed wild boar hunters, so they they met they uh, shoot the wild boar. So I I buy from them the wild boar meat. So wild boar meat cannot be fed raw because um, for some reason the the the, the dog stomach uh, stomach cannot adjust to the wild boar meat uh, raw wild boar meat, you know. Uh, so I cook the wild boar meat. So I cook the wild boar meat together with rice, which is uh, brown rice, uh, about uh, 20%, that means 80-20, that means 80% wild boar meat and 20% and rice. Uh, sometimes I add uh, cabbage, cut into small, and I cook for them. So when cooking, you... You, you can cook. Uh, uh, the only important thing is when you cook, uh, a lot of people also like to cook with chicken and they cook with the bones and then they feed the bones to the dogs. Okay, 
So um, in my understanding, and I always believe that cooked bones are bad for the dogs. Raw bones are good for the dogs because cooked bones become like rubber to the dog. The dog cannot digest the cooked bones, but raw bones, the dog can digest. Okay, uh, so so uh, if you cook and um, preferably you don't put the bones uh, there, you remove the bones and then uh, you cook uh, and then you give it to them. No, so a lot of people also say, "Wow, if I cook for them, uh, then uh, they won't eat the commercial food." <laughs> uh, there's, there's of always course, a right? <laughs> yeah, of course. So, so, it, so it, it's up to you. If you, if you, if you think that uh, you, you, you have this problem, then, then don't cook for them. If you want to cook for them, then you have to accept that uh, uh, they may not want to eat the commercial food unless you, you, you mix them all together. So, uh, for me, when I have a puppy that time, you know. I always uh, mix, mix in the sense that not mix one meal, mix all three types of food. Okay, what I mean to say is that one meal, uh, maybe three meals, uh, three days, I give the bar food. Then one day I give the cooked food. You no, know? uh, then uh, once a week or once, once a fortnight, I give the commercial food. But when I give commercial food, I don't give the food in a bowl. I only use the commercial food, the kibble, the big size kibble for training. That means the kibble will only come from my hand. It's not inside a bowl. It's from my hand. So, it, so it's like a treat to them. I don't like to give the commercial treats because the commercial treats are terrible. They have all kinds of chemicals inside. No. So at least the kibble, I give the big kibble size for them, they can chew, uh, but they, I consider it as a treat. So they, 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 they do have a mixture of food, but the main thing is the bath, and then followed by occasionally uh, some cooking, and, I'm the, and then uh, during training, the time is only kibble. I see. So yeah. how many times do you recommend to feed your puppy? I mean, since they are new and they are young, uh, a lot of time people will say that you need to feed the puppy uh, as much as possible. Uh, but really, what, what, is, what is the good uh, frequency that we should feed our dogs, uh, our puppies? Okay, so um, uh, it depends on what, in my opinion, it depends on what food you're feeding. If you're feeding the commercial food, you know, uh, uh, because they in the commercial food, uh, they eat uh, a lot and they poo a lot. Okay, so uh, in order for them to uh, to not to, to to be hungry and all that, so uh, for me, the the vet usually recommend four times. I don't know uh, when I ask the vet, I say how many times should I feed the puppy? A puppy means when you bring back a puppy around two to three months old, huh? then they will say four times a day, small amount. What she's trying to say is that it's four times a day, but small amount, so that the poo is not so much. Okay. Uh, uh, for me personally, uh, puppies I only feed three times a day from uh, uh, two to four months. Okay. Uh, because the two months they can 
sometimes they can still go back to the mother's milk. You know, two months they can they still want to go to the mother's milk, and if the mother allows it. You know, uh, they will drink. But if you don't have the mom, of course, if you get a puppy and don't have the mother, you cannot afford that. You know, so uh, I do three times a day. Uh, then I will slowly move to two times a day, but because I'm feeding bath, so bath uh, somehow feel that they feel they don't feel hungry so so easily, and uh, the the pool is very less, so I don't mind feeding them more. You know? so uh, at, from four months onwards, I only feed two times. Get a, a puppy. But they already have, they are not the, this is not the only puppy, they already have senior uh, dogs in the house. So my recommendation is, if you want, my recommendation is take the senior dog and your puppy to meet outside before coming back to the house. Okay, because there are some senior dogs, uh, very territorial and uh, they may not uh, because most senior unless uh, uh, you uh, your senior dog is a very active dog who goes out a lot who do competition who do all those things you know they see other dogs and other puppies you know then it's okay but some some families uh, they have a senior dog and this senior dog never goes out one it's always at home so you suddenly bring another dog, another puppy, into the house. Uh, they, the, the, there may be problems. So it is recommended that, if possible, you should take the senior dog, just go outside in the garden, out from your house. I mean, in a small park that you can take your dog out for uh, there and bring the puppy there for them to kind of like smell each other in a neutral ground and then then only take them back to the home i find this particularly important if the puppy is because we are talking about you bring back the puppy two three months old but let's say you bring back a puppy which is six months old this is particularly very important for puppies uh, more than six six months or above coming to a house which has senior dogs and you don't know how this senior dog would react mm -hmm. so that that's that's one thing we have to consider i'm not saying that all senior dogs will react like this but it is something you need to consider if you think that your your senior dog don't have an issue of course no problem but it's something you need to consider and don't, be, don't become a sudden shock. You know? And then, uh, and then uh, whether how you want to introduce this puppy to the senior dog, we need to plan about it. Just you need to think about it and plan it and not, not just this thing. Because there are a few things uh, with the puppy. If you have a puppy that is confident and, and nice, uh, uh, seems uh, quite a sociable type of puppy is okay but if you have a dog the puppy which is very scared uh, so um, not sure of everything you know and they first they come to a new house and then they come to uh, 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 and then they see a, a senior dog and then if the senior dog suddenly bites them or 
or scares them away, especially those low confidence dog, then you have uh, low confidence puppy, then you may have a problem. It's just something to consider. You know? Okay. Um, so in this situation where you have uh, two dogs, right, or rather multiple dogs at home, uh, how do you recommend uh, the owner to, to basically, for example, manage the two dogs, the young dog and the, the young puppy and the, and the old dog? Is there any yeah. specific that you think that should be should, should take note of? Well, uh, all this uh, needs to be discussed with the family, but something that you need to take on is what I already discussed just now about, about it. And the second thing is uh, uh, just try not to, uh, you can let them, once they, let's say they meet each other and they can smell each other and they're okay, then uh, then they still have to be under supervision, which means that their meeting between the senior dog and the new puppy has to be under supervision. Okay, and the meeting should always be held, uh, if possible, uh, during feeding time. Means that you feed, you will feed the puppy and the uh, senior dog together, but you will feed the senior dog first, while the puppy is looking and waiting, and then after the the senior dog has finished eating then only you feed the uh, younger, uh, the puppy. So this okay. indirectly will show that uh, the, the senior dog has still maintained his status in the family. I see, I see. Yeah. That's one thing you can do, I know. So, uh, so there are other things that you have to consider, but this is this the meeting, the first meeting and the feeding time. You now you have to... Uh, let them. That means indirectly let the puppy know that this is the this, the senior dog. You have to respect. So we want to thank you again, Sue, for joining us for today's podcast. All right, thank, thank you. I, I would love to receive feedback from you. Uh, if you were to, if you like my podcast, maybe you would like to put a review at podchaser.com and let us know that uh, that we are doing a good job and we should continue going. Uh, continue to do more show uh, since there are people who likes the show right and also this is to help uh, our other listener who wants to know about the show and by reviewing the giving us the uh, feedback and review will help our listener uh, to be able to search for us you can reach uh, Suip at www.writeroyal.com uh, right uh, royal as in r-i-g-h-t R-O-Y-A-L-E Once again, you can find us at pups.com.sg which is P-U-P-S Pups has a trainer academy to nurture, train, educate and motivate all trainers to better equip ourselves with skill, knowledge, experience and ensure continuous education to keep abreast of the field of dog training Pups Dog Training, we provide Puppy 101 pet dog and dog sport training and our flagship program our dog obedience life skill program and also the puppy fundamentals obedience classes and puppy fundamental agility classes and a behavioral consulting thanks again for listening to our podcast and we hope you like it and